This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 2nd, 2022. Miracles get up and go. Well, good morning, Connection Church, and Happy New Year 2022. <coughs> you know, Randy was telling me that uh, come February, there's going to be a day that's 2-22-22. I said we ought to have a party at 222. A.M., what do you think? Uh, that's, that wasn't quite what he said, but it was, <laughs> it was not an affirmative. So today we start a new series. Uh, it's uh, looking at some of the miracles of Jesus, and we're looking at some miracles that we find in the book of Luke. Yeah. I am really excited about this message series about miracles because it is such an encouragement for each one of us as we really examine what the Bible says and what Jesus has done, not only in the scripture, but in our lives. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been <clears throat> saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope you all had a great Christmas, a great week after Christmas, a wonderful New Year's, and here we roll into 2022. Wow, wonder what 2022 will bring. One thing we know is that God already's got it, already has us, and we will just trust and lean on him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we had a wonderful Christmas in the Jones household. We don't really start Christmas till Christmas morning because, you know, we're working really hard in December. And uh, when we get home on Christmas Eve, it's like, whoo, so Christmas morning, it all starts. And for us, it started at 6.30 when we went to Devin and TC's house and watched the kids. And then we went to Aaron and Kyle's house and watched the kids. And then we went to the airport and picked up our kids. And then more kids came and friends and family came. And it just ended yesterday. It was wonderful. Wonderful. I want to show you a picture of our family. This is us. Yeah. Hold that up there. So, yeah. So, on this side, the, our, um, the Ruskowski family, Megan is our daughter, who is next to TC. You might know him. Um, on the, is this right side? Yeah. Yeah, right side. <laughs> I'm, I'm challenged with that. So, but in order, those of you who don't know us well, in order, uh, we've got the Ruskowski family, they're in Texas. Next comes the Jacob family, and they're right here and around the church. And next is the Mueller family, and they're right over there. And next is the Jones Jr. family, and they live in Elkton. And we were together for a solid week, and it was wonderful. And we are so blessed but we're also blessed to be able to be with you because you are our family as well. And it just bowls me over mm -hmm. to think about what God has in store for us, Connection Church, as a family. Amen. Well, let's get started and uh, pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can be together. Thank you that we are one church, many locations, that there are members of our church family that are joining us online. Lord, we uh, just pray a blessing over each household uh, here and online, and we pray um, that 
this message, Lord, use it to touch hearts that we might be changed and transformed by your word. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So the miracle that we are looking at today is found in the fifth chapter of Luke, of Luke's gospel. But this miracle is not exclusive to just Luke. It's also found in Matthew and Mark. I'd like to read you Luke's version, Luke 5, verses 17 through 20. On the day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, one day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus is teaching, as was his custom. I mean, he's always teaching, it seems like. And not only was he teaching, but the scripture tells us the power of the Lord with him, uh, was with him to heal the sick. Now, you have the power to heal the sick. You're going to gather quite a crowd, aren't you? Yeah, that'll bring quite a crowd, and, and it did. A crowd so great that it filled this house in which Jesus was, was preaching, teaching. And in the crowd were Pharisees and teachers of the law, we're told, religious law, Jewish law, the, the Oxford English Dictionary tells us that a Pharisee was a member of the ancient Jew, of an ancient Jewish, Jewish sect, distinguished by strict observance of the traditional and written law, and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity. So these teachers of the law and these religious police, the Pharisees, had had come, it tells us, from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And it, and it doesn't say this, but, but we can kind of read between the lines. And they were there to kind of check up on Jesus and to see if he was doing what was lawful. Because if he wasn't, they were going to take him to task. So some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Now, it doesn't tell us how many, so that must not be important. It also doesn't tell us the relationship of the men who are carrying the paralyzed man. Were they friends? Were they families, neighbors, acquaintances? Again, we're not told, but we are told that these men are so focused on getting this paralytic to Jesus that they are willing to go up on the roof to cut a hole in the roof. Can you imagine what that would be like if you're inside? My goodness. And lower the man down into that crowded room right in front of Jesus. Scripture tells us that Jesus saw their faith and said to the paralytic, friend, your sins are forgiven. It says their faith. Their faith. It wasn't just 
the faith of the man on the mat that is mentioned here, <clears throat> faith of all involved, faith of those carrying this man who got him in front of Jesus, their faith. Can you imagine that? They had such faith that Jesus was going to do something that they were willing to da do damage to the roof of someone else's house. They didn't, probably didn't even know this person. You know, this house back then, you outside kind of had a stairway up to the uh, roof, and they formed a hole so they could lower this guy through. These are dark houses, thick walls, very little window because it's hot there, and it's a way to keep it cool. So all of a sudden, these people below, there's this light streaming through. They, they cut a hole in the roof for crying out loud, and they're lowering this guy down in order to get him in front of Jesus. It's a great reminder to us that I think just about everyone here today is here because of the faith of someone else. Who here is because someone invited you, someone pushed you, someone dragged you when you were a kid, mom and dad? How many are here because of the faith of someone else? Yeah. Almost across the board. I know I am. My, my parents took me to church. I can't remember not being in church. I can't remember not knowing who Jesus was, who Jesus is. Now, I didn't have a choice, but that's okay. <laughs> that's where it got me. <laughs> yeah, who was it encouraged you? Who was it to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, think about this. Think about who it is that you are being called on to encourage. How far, and whoever it is, how far are you willing to go to make that happen? The man in our story, we're willing to do damage to someone else's house in order to get that guy in front of Jesus. How far are you willing to go? Am I willing to go? How far are we willing to go to connect someone with Jesus and this new life that he offers? How far will we go? When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Mm. I was talking with my son Turner yesterday about what we were going to preach on today, and he had an interesting observation about this, uh, this, uh, this miracle, especially about this passage here. Notice when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. I, I don't think they brought him and lowered him through the roof thinking about having his sins forgiven. I think they were probably hoping that Jesus would heal this guy, you know? That's what they wanted. But as Turner was talking to me, he said, you know, what Jesus gave him was what he needed. He, he didn't heal him for what he did was forgive his sins. It's an interesting thing for us in our lives. Huh? How often do we tell God what we want 
But God never is going to give us what we want if that's going to not come before what we need. We're always going to get what we need before we get what we want. I mean, he was healed, and, you know, back then there was this, especially thought sin and illness came went hand in hand, and oftentimes it does. It's not to say, I, we don't think all cases, oh, you're a sinner, that's why you have this. But oftentimes they can go hand in hand. And, and he was healed and walked home, picked up his mat and walked, but not before Jesus gave him what he needed, the healing of his sin. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the Pharisees and the teachers of law, they were challenged by what Jesus did here. They believed that only God could forgive sins. They called it blasphemy when someone disrespects God, and in this case, by claiming to do things that only God can do. They thought that God alone could forgive sins. Say God alone. That's what they thought. God alone. And actually, they were right. No one but God alone can forgive our sins. That is true. No one but God alone can save us. No one uh, but God alone really can give us new life. That is all true. No one, not our family, not our friends, not pastors, not ourselves. We can surround ourselves and put ourselves in environments to make, make it ripe and easier, but nobody can do that for us. Only God can bring salvation. The Pharisees and teachers of the law were right about that, but they were wrong about something. They were wrong about the, definit the divinity of the man who was standing in front of them. The man who was standing in front of them, they did not realize that it was God incarnate, Jesus the Christ, that Jesus is God in the flesh, right there, walking and talking among them. Mm. In the book of John, it's the next book after Luke in the New Testament in the Bible, Jesus encounters another man who is an invalid. In this case, this man was lying near a pool of water near one of Jerusalem's city gates. Uh, many blind, lame, and paralyzed people congregated there because uh, their belief was that when the water moved, it was moved by an angel of the Lord. And, and the next one, and there was frequent movement in that water. Something caused it. It may have been an angel of the Lord. I'm not arguing that, but... An angel of the Lord moved the water, and the next one in would be healed. And, 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 and this man in, in, who Jesus encounters has been an invalid there sitting by the pool for 38 years. 38 years. And when Jesus came upon him, his first question was, do you want to get well? We think, well, of course he wants to get well. Well, why wouldn't he want to get well? Well... Actually, it's a, it's a very good question. Because, see, if he gets well, everything in his life changes. He can't sit there and beg and have money just laid at his feet. He's got to go get a job. Uh, if, if he gets well, he has, no longer has an excuse for not doing what 
he needs to do. He, he can no longer blame his condition on not getting in that pool first every time after the angels stir the water. Do you, do you really want to? It's a good question for us, isn't it? Uh, you know, sometimes when we're sick, it's kind of nice to be waited on, isn't it? Uh, sometimes when we're not feeling sick, it's nice to have little pity parties for us. We, we, we kind of enjoy that sometimes. Some of us really enjoy our illness. And so we also must ask ourselves, do I really want to get well? Do I want to get well? Well, the invalid never really answers that question, but tells Jesus that he needs help getting into the pool. He says, as Alan said, when he tries to get in, someone else kind of uh, gets there first. John 5, verses 8 and 9, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Mm. Get up. <laughs> get up and go is our, the message name today. Get up and go. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. Get up and go. Basically, the same thing he told the guy who was lowered down through the hole in the roof in the crowded house. Take up your mat and go home, he told him. Get up and go. There's a lot packed into that little phrase. Take up your mat and go home. Pack it up. Pack up your mat. Pack up everything you've known to this point. Pack up your life as an invalid and prepare for a whole new way of doing business. Pack up your lame <laughs> excuses, <laughs> your failures, your unmet dreams, your lack of opportunities, your reasons for doing or not doing everything up to this point. Pack up your old life and walk. <laughs> In other words, leave that old life behind. Go home because a whole new life is about to happen. A new life thanks to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. This is such a great passage. Actually, two great passages. But what do they have to do with us here today, the first Sunday, 2022? You know, before you and I met Jesus, we were like the invalid. We were kind of invalids ourselves, broken in one way or another, perhaps paralyzed by sin, not able to get into the pool on our own, always in need of a little help from our friends. But here's the thing, that help is never quite enough to truly save us from whatever it is that we need saving from. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus comes into our hearts. And just like the guy in the scripture, Jesus... Uh, forgives our sins, absolutely, brings healing to our lame selves, and tells us to pick up our mats and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. Go home. There's a uh, pastor and counselor. He's with Reconciliation Ministries. His name is Dan Hitz. And he has an interesting perspective on what this all means. Here's what he shares in his internet article called Pick Up Your Mat and Walk. Mm. 
when we were rolling up our mat, we began to have hopes and dreams of doing big things for God. We may have looked around at others who seemed to be thriving in those same callings and wondered how they managed to walk so freely, freely in all God has, has for them. We begin to burn with a passion to follow him and run the race that he calls us to run, the desire to do his will, to embrace his gifts and callings. It consumes us. Everything within us wants to run towards our Father as he says, come, follow me. So we get up and we run. <laughs> Sometimes we trip. And then we remember our mat. We remember what put us there. And we become overwhelmed at the challenges ahead. We stop walking, we unroll our mat, and we lie back down. When God calls us into something, he always calls us into something much bigger than ourselves and far beyond our ability to comprehend. We may even cry out to God and beg him to take our calling away. I did that. Because <laughs> it seems impossible that we could ever fulfill it. Yet, Romans eleven twenty nine 29 tells us that God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Our loving Father comes once again and asks us to pick up our mat and walk. This time, we better understand what he is asking. We better understand the challenges that lie ahead and weigh the blessings with the costs. Mm. You know, picking up your mat and walking home isn't always easy, is it? As new life in Christ means doing life differently than we did it in the past. We have to learn new ways of doing things. We have to let go of things that, uh, that were painful, yet somehow comfortable and familiar. There are times when, we're, uh, when we are living this new life in Christ that we want to unroll our old mats and sit back down where we used to be. It's like Peter and some of the disciples returning to their roots, going fishing after the death and resurrection of Jesus, going back to what was comfortable and familiar. It's like the Hebrew people in the desert longing for the good old days when they were slaves in Egypt, when they had pots of meat just and, you know, lounging by the poolside, or so they remembered. <laughs> when our life gets challenging and we're a little unsure of what's ahead, we sometimes turn back to what we knew in the past, as painful and unhealthy as that may have been. And it's at those times that we are tempted to turn back, tempted to roll our mats back out, to sit down on our mats, tempted to not embrace the life that Jesus offers us because we think it's easier, but we know ultimately it's not. Remembering what God spoke to the prophet Isaiah, it's a scripture that each one of us can take, not Isaiah, Jeremiah, can take into our hearts as well. In fact, why don't you say this with me? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. As the Apostle Paul shares in his second letter 
to the uh, church at Corinth. Say this with me too, please. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yeah. You know, there's something about a new year that brings thoughts of a new start. Um, around our table yesterday or the day before, you know, Megan was saying, so what goals does everybody have for 2022? And I was just talking to Nancy and Jeff, you know, our goals for 2022. And if you know me well, you know that I have a list. I have a, no, long, have a list. long list of goals, you know, things like clean out the basement and exercise and journal daily and I could go on and on and on there's more but that's not what this message is about at all and that's really not what the new year should be about yes it is good to get our house in order absolutely but this message on miracles and what God can do in our lives pulls us deeper and deeper than these kinds of goals and resolutions that seem so important to me. Today's message is not about a list, but it's about a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, and in fact, is the most important relationship that we could ever have, more important than our spouse, more important than our children, because when our, more important with one another, because when our relationship with Jesus is intact, everything else really does fall into place. That needs to be intact, and then our other relationships flow out of that. No other relationship should supersede the one we have with Jesus. And so, as I enter 2022, that's what I want to remember. Jesus first, and then everything else under that. And, and I work on that every day, but I have to remind myself of that every day. What about you? What's on your list? How about reading his word? Praying, getting into a small group, examining your heart, being accountable to God and to one another. How about picking up your mat? Not staying down, picking up your mat and walking. Walking into the hope and the future that Jesus has planned for you. That's the best resolution we can have. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for the miracles found in Scripture, and particularly these miracles uh, that we read about in Luke and refer to in John. So many times, Lord, I, I am like that paralytic. And I think at times we all are where we just get stuck on our mats. And then it becomes habitual and easy. And Lord, thank you for grabbing us or pulling us up and helping us walk in your glory and in your goodness in your mercy, in your healing, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually.
Thank you, God, for this opportunity in this new year, 2022, January 2nd, where we can come together and receive this holy meal that you have taught us about in your scripture. Help us, Lord, walk this year out with faith and confidence in you. We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.